Hello St. James, I'm going to start uh, this week's sermon by praying. So let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. So our readings today are from Romans chapter 6 verse 1 to 11 and from Matthew 10 24 to 39. Uh, I had a friend a long long time ago who uh, overnight kind of changed. He went from someone who was easygoing and lovely to someone who had a fire in his heart. Someone who wanted to worship and know God more. And when I asked him, what's changed? He said, well, I was reading my Bible and I read a verse uh, from Ephesians. Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And he realised that actually, even though he was coming to church every week, uh, he was in fact sleeping. And God was calling him to change, to rise from the dead. And I think that's what our readings are about today. We are in, have been in lockdown, so not, I haven't spoken to many non-Christians for the first time in ages. And some have said more time, some have said less time, but we've definitely seen less people. How are we going to come out from this? Will we come out changed people? Or will we rush back to the people that we were before? Now it seems to me that there is more time to reflect to think about what drives us and who we want to be rather than just rushing back and being who we were. So this is a time for preparing for the end of lockdown. How do we prepare? Or what do we want to be? I want to start by looking at Matthew, Matthew 10, 24 to 39. It's Jesus speaking. Often these verses are read out of context and it's really lovely to have the whole reading. It's quite long, including the bit including the bit about sparrows with the bit that comes after that often people worry about when Jesus says, I've not come to bring peace but a sword. And when it's read without the you are worth more than many sparrows, it can seem very brutal. So we're going through it, going to go through it. A wee couple of verses at a time. He starts in verse 24 with, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for a disciple to be like the teacher and the slave to be like the master. feels like Jesus here is starting off and he is, in my mind, he's naming sins that we fall into. So that would be arrogance. For a teacher to, for a, a learner to think that they are above the teacher when they don't know everything the teacher knows or don't know the teacher's past. There's a certain amount of arrogance. And then he goes on and he talks about other, other sins, other things that we do that aren't right. Verse 26, so have no fear of them. For nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing is in secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. 
And what do you hear whispered, proclaimed from the housetops? This is the hardest thing, I think, sometimes about following Jesus. It's impossible to follow Jesus quietly. It's impossible to follow Jesus in the privacy of your own heart. That's not what we're called to. But fear, verse 26, it's the fear that keeps us in. The fear of upsetting people. The fear of being misunderstood, being represented. But this is not the way of God. So do not fear about those who kill the body but can't kill the soul. Our two, and then he moves straight on. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet none of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. Even the hairs of your head are counted. So don't be afraid. You're far more, vel, uh, more valuable than sparrows. You don't need to be scared. We don't need to be arrogant. Because we are loved by God. And then he goes on, anyone who acknowledges me before the Father, I will also, but me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Of course. But to do that, you have to die to fear. You have to put your love for Jesus. You have to be awake to your love for Jesus more than you are awake to the fear of others. This fear of other people cripples our discipleship. We are told in Philippians 2.12 to work on our salvation with fear and trembling and we cannot do that if we are scared of others. It's an interesting bit in verse 34, 5 and 6 because do, do not think that I've come to bring peace on earth. I've not come to bring peace but a sword. Sometimes we're so scared of arguing with people that we, we hold our faith inside. What happens if they don't agree with me? What happens if they if it becomes awkward, that horrible bit where you say something and someone else is offended and then they get all defensive, stroke aggressive, and then you don't know what to do. Jesus says, I've not come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. Often when we swallow our faith in order to keep peace, it's a fake peace because you are not yourself in that space. You're hiding something that's very important to you from other people so that they will feel okay. And that is not peace. Peace is thoughtful. Peace is having that horrible situation, that horrible conversation and still being okay with each other. And then Jesus quotes Micah. He quotes Micah chapter 7. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. He is quoting Micah, the prophet Micah, who is in the Old Testament, one of the little prophets at the back. So I'm just going to read the original. Here we are, Micah. Now, Mike is talking about end times. Put no trust in a friend. Have no confidence in a loved one. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your embrace. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies are members of your own household. 
But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait on the Lord, the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Micah 7, 7. So Jesus is saying here, Micah is going, this is what's going to happen. This is where you are going to be. Don't trust anyone. It's going to be awful. And Jesus says, I have come to set. I have come to set in motion end times. I have come to set in motion the restoration of God's people. This has to come and then we, we then God will restore the people of Israel. That's the Micah context. And here Jesus is saying, I have come to make this happen. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against a mother, and one's foes will be members of one's host own household and then he stops he stops at verse 6 just before but as for me I will look to the Lord but his Jewish listeners would have known the verse that comes next they know it like the back of their hand this will happen and then as for me I will trust the Lord he is the God of my salvation my God will hear me which kind of echoes back to the you're more worth more than many sparrows. Yes, you put to death fear because why? Because you're worth more than many sparrows. Yes, relationships are difficult, and in this time, who hasn't had an awkward conversation about faith with their family? Everyone in my family have had awkward conversations about what I believe and what they believe, how I believe and how they believe. Those are conversations I think have to happen. But I will look to the Lord, the God of my salvation. I am worth more than many sparrows. So I will not hide my faith. And then Jesus goes on. Whoever loves their mother or father more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And these are really hard words. Unless we remember that we're worth more than many sparrows. And so we don't, we're not afraid. When someone says, would you do this? Then we say, yeah, if, for God. And we say, yeah, absolutely. What will your mum think? Absolutely we'll do it. What would your sister think? Absolutely we'll do it. I'm sure a lot of you know my father is um, against Christians. Uh, he thinks we're liars and thieves. And yet his daughter is a priest. That's a decision I have made. Yes, I will do it. What will my father think? Oh, I know what my father will think. It really upsets him if I talk about faith. And do I stop? No. No. Because I've lost my life and gained it. It's like our Roman passage. There's no point pretending otherwise. There's no point pretending that somehow if, if I can... Ignore my faith and say the things my dad wants to hear, then um, somehow it will be okay. 
It doesn't make any sense because then I'm not being me. A and B, that's not the way of Jesus. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. But can we who died to sin go on living in it? Can I who's died to living a fake life go on living in it? No, I can't. I can't bear it. I have to be honest. I'm not asking you to do anything I've not done already. But this life is not ours. We have died in Christ. We have put to death the sinful nature. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly be united with him in resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. In death, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives in God. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ, alive to God in Jesus Christ. That's from our Romans reading. So how do we live as Christians in this time? How do we prepare ourselves for the end of lockdown? We have lived a quiet life for three months, but now is not the time to keep silent. Now is the time to work out what are we doing? How do we want to come out? Who do we want to be? Now there's a thing about sin is there's always a root, I think. If we're scared of what other people might see and think if when we speak, then we go back to our Matthew reading. Why are we scared? Because we don't realise that we are worth more than many sparrows. Perfect love drives out fear. And so we're scared of other people. That's because we don't know. We have not yet grasped our worth in Christ. If you hide your faith because you don't want to argue with someone, then you have not yet grasped that you can put your trust in God and you can put your trust in God for those other people those people that you're so worried as for me I will look to the Lord I will wait for the Lord for my salvation and my God will hear me so we've looked at these different things that we fall into the arrogance, when are we arrogant? Oh, we're arrogant when we're competitive. When are we competitive? When are we competitive? When we look at our master, our teacher, and go, oh, I'm better than them. What are we doing? We're competing with them. Why are we competing with them? Why? Because we want to feel better. Why do we want to feel better about ourselves? Because we haven't realised that we're worth more than many sparrows. And fear of other people. We've already spoken about it. Why? Just don't realise we're more than many sparrows were valuable. So where did these things come from? This competitiveness and this fear. 
if you recognize these behaviors in yourself, then work out when did I start feeling this? Where did this come from? Take some time, a moment with Jesus, to look back over your life. When did fear of other people creep in? What caused it to come in? Whether it was bullying or sibling, or sibling rivalry, look clearly at your past. In order to put to death that behaviour, you have to deal with that root. What caused it? And then invite Jesus into the situation. As you pray, you hold that situation in your heart. Father, this happened and I am still hurting. Would you come with healing to this bit of me? And then you accept God's forgiveness for your behaviour. You forgive those who have hurt you and you bless them. And then when you find yourself doing this behavior again, you know what you can do. You say, I am dead to fear. And it creeps up. What would I think? I'm dead to fear of other people. Why? Because I'm worth more than many sparrows. And when you find yourself getting defensive and slightly aggressive at someone, I feel bad. Why do I feel bad? Because they're attacking. Why do I feel they're attacking me? Why do I care that they're attacking me? Love drives out all fear. I'm not scared of them. Jesus, I am dead to competition with your children. I accept that you are my saviour. Hear my prayer. And when we argue with siblings and mothers and fathers and it feels awful, we remember our Micah reading from Micah 7. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for God, the God of my salvation, and my God will hear me. So as we, as we come out of lockdown, I think this is a scary time. It was scary when we went into lockdown and all of a sudden we couldn't see people and it was frightening. We all had weird dreams. And then there was a bit, two months where we couldn't go out, couldn't do anything and a kind of routine set in. And now we're looking at, oh, we can go shopping, can we? Should we? Is it safe? Is it not safe? How is it safe? Are we protecting ourselves? Are we not protecting ourselves? <gasps> and it's stressful again. It's so stressful. Be kind to yourselves. But use this time to prepare for what's coming next. What do you see Are you in your behaviour and in your faith? Is this a time when you can wake up at a sleeper and rise from the dead? When you can look at your life, what are you scared of? Why are you scared of it? And what's the truth of the gospel in that situation? Let us prepare ourselves to meet other people. Let's prepare ourselves to be not ashamed of the God who has saved us. Let us prepare ourselves by putting to death that behaviour that would hold us back 
from working out our, our salvation with fear and with trembling. May God bless you, St. James, as you do this work. This is hard work. Take time over it. But the God who has called you is faithful and he will complete the work he has begun in you. Amen.